Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In this episode, we're talking about Rice Krispie Squares and Stoner Bites, two classic stoner snacks. Well, is it classic stoner snacks if it's the snack that gets you high? That's the real question. We're going to dive into that and more on this week's episode of Bite Me, the show about edibles, where I help you take control of your high life. And who am I? I'm your host, Marge. And thank you for listening. Now, before I get into this week's topic of stoner bikes, I just want to say a couple of things. One is I really think I need to come up with better show titles. It's pretty sad, you guys. Easy barbecue chicken. Come on. Who's that going to compel anybody? Is that going to compel anybody to click on the episode and listen to it? I don't know. But it seems like my creativity ends where the show titles begin. I guess that's the cross I have to bear. I got to come up with something better. I'm not sure how to go about doing that. But in any case, better show titles might help me out a little bit. They might help you, the listener, too, decide whether or not you want to listen to this episode. But I will still be working to keeping the episodes around 20 minutes with a little extra time when I have special guests on, like I did with the Ganja Mama episode, which if you haven't listened to yet, I thought it was fantastic. And I hope you go back and listen to it if you haven't heard that one yet. That one was about 45 minutes. But I am aiming to keep these shorter so you can fit them into your life, into your busy, busy life, because I know everyone's got a lot of shit going on. So that's just my little thing for today, I suppose, show titles. Just so you know about the creative process that's happening behind the scenes over here. In any case, another thing I wanted to bring up is I am back at work, as I've mentioned before, probably in other podcast episodes. And for those of you who may have missed it, I am back to work, not at the vegan restaurant that I was at before, even though I still go in there quite a bit, because full disclosure, that restaurant is actually owned by my daughter. And yes, I was a paid employee of my daughter's. Was it a little weird? Sometimes. Nah, not really. But sometimes, yeah, I have to admit that it was sometimes weird. But when she took over the restaurant, she definitely needed reliable help in the kitchen. And who's more reliable than your own fucking mom? Kid can't rely on your mom, then life is going to be pretty tough. So in any case, I'm not there anymore. I'm at a legal cannabis shop in my town. We are the first legal shop to open in town. We've been open again for, by the time this episode comes out, I don't know, maybe six weeks or so, give or take. We were open back in March late March, early April, I think. I don't know. This whole spring was a bit of a blur, like it was for a lot of people. We were open for about four days. Government shut us down. And then I spent a lot of time on in quarantine, not going anywhere, but spending a lot of time in the kitchen making edibles. So it wasn't necessarily a total loss. But I've been back to work for about six weeks now. And it's really interesting to see all the different things, all the products that are coming in from the legal market. It's also interesting to see the attitudes of people walking into the shop, because you get a little bit of everything. First of all, for anyone to say that there's a certain type of stoner. Yes, of course, we all know the stereotypical stoner person. 
whatever that conjures up in your mind. But I'm going to tell you right now, that stereotype really has basis more in mythology and lore probably than it does in actual fact these days because there are people walking through those doors, young and old, everybody in between. And it's quite amazing, really, to see all the people coming through those doors. There really is no one typical stoner anymore because that that stoner could be somebody's 75-year-old grandmother coming in for a little bit of CBD cream and a little bit of weed to take home to smoke later on in the evening while she's relaxing. Fuck good for her. That's what I say. Could also be that kid that's 19 years of age. Where I am, you can you can legally purchase cannabis. You have to be 19. You got kids at 19 years of age coming in looking for the CBD flower. Not the heaviest, most potent stuff that you could imagine. You do still get a lot of people coming in who the only thing they really give a shit about is how potent the weed is. They want it 25%. You know, if it's less than that, they're not interested. You're not going to convince them otherwise. And that's the way it is. There is one stereotype that I have noticed that does ring true that I've noticed from people coming in the store to confirm this. And that's folks over the age of 40 love their hash. You see a guy coming in, the guys especially, but you see the guys coming in and you think they're over the over the age of 40, more than likely they're going to be like, where's the hash at? Now, it may seem weird. There's lots of people I know that have never smoked hash before. But as somebody, and I'm going to date myself here, I am in my early 40s. When I was in high school, it was a special time in the history of cannabis where it seemed to be the only thing I could get in high school was hash. That's what was around. There wasn't weed. I wasn't buying weed for solid my entire high school career pretty well. Although with the exception of the of the oregano I probably bought for the first time when I was in like grade nine or something. I'm pretty sure I bought oregano or I didn't get high the first time. The second time, yeah, not too not too sure. And then I and then I tried some hash and boy did I get high. There was no doubt about what I was doing. And that, of course, changed everything. But that's all you could find in high school when back in the day. And there was tons of it. And it was good. And it was a great price. And you didn't need a whole ton of it to, to get high. And I get why those people are coming in looking for the hash, because it's just harder to find now. And yet it, it's, it definitely brings back fond memories. And for people who have been able to continue to get their hands on it, over the years, well, of course, they want to see what's available on the legal market. And there are options. So it's nice to know that we can help those people as well. The edibles section, of course, as I've probably lamented a few times on this show, is a little sad only because the Canadian government has capped all edibles at 10 milligrams per package, which means people experience edibles users coming in, we really don't have anything for them because you're going to have to buy several packages of something in order to achieve the effects that you want. And that's, of course, not realistic. If you're spending, even if it's only like eight bucks for a package of something, if you got to buy four or five of them or even three, I mean, that seems like a lot of money to spend for one session, does it not? Hence, taking control of your high life and helping home cooks make their own edibles at home because there's another reason. Besides the cost, I mean, of course, it's incon- it's convenient to be able to go into a store and purchase edibles and take them home and not have to do all the, the fuss and the muss of decarbing and making your infusions, then making it into something that you can consume. But here's the other thing. 
Lately, we got into the shop this drink because we're starting to see a lot more consumables, drinks, and there's capsules and sprays and drops and all this stuff. The drinks are pretty interesting because I have made drinks before. I think I talked about one, I don't know, like a million years ago, it feels like now, where when I when I drank it, it did seem to hit me faster. And I think that's because some of it's getting, some of the cannabis is probably getting absorbed under your tongue through your blood vessels, which helps to, which means it's hitting your bloodstream faster. So it's affecting you sooner. So the drinks I find pretty interesting. And recently I tried another drink that everybody was talking about and was called Deep Space. Sounds pretty intriguing, doesn't it? Deep Space. It's a little can, 222 milliliters, so not too big. That's about, if you put that into imperial terms, uh, less than a cup, a liquid measuring cup of liquid in this can. So it's a pretty small can. It's a cannabis-infused beverage, 10 milligrams per can, because of course they have the caps, but there are other drinks that we carry in the shop that are only like two milligrams each. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to try one of these out. I had a coworker who said they never get buzzed from edibles or whatever, and he was just like, I tried this, and I actually felt kind of a buzz or whatever. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot, because I do like to be able to recommend things to people when they come into the store. And... So I picked up a couple of cans and uh, bought them, took them home, and I drank them. The taste was okay. It's hard to describe. It's probably sort of a, a cola flavor of some kind, and I didn't get anything from it. I don't know what this other coworker was talking about. For me, I don't think I felt anything. I think I drank them pretty fast, too. But really what I found more disconcerting because as a, I try and eat pretty healthfully most of the time. I've had some people in my, in my life that I care about deeply that have had some pretty big health issues because, in part because of the diets that they're eating. So I'm pretty conscious of what I eat so that I don't repeat history and so that I can be as healthy as possible and live a long and healthy life. And so I'm always looking at ingredient lists. And this one contained carbonated water, sugar, citric acid, distilled cannabis blend, which includes vegetable glycerin, cannabis distillate, monoglycerides, soy lecithin, sucrose monopalmitate. Then it also includes potassium citrate, caramel color, calcium disodium EDTA, natural flavors, and then it mentions that it contains soy and sulfites. And I thought to myself, what the fuck am I drinking? What is that? It's basically sugar water with a little bit of cannabis in it, but it has a whole bunch of other stuff in there too that, you know, why do we, like vegetable glycerin, calcium, disodium, EDTA, natural flavors. I have learned over the years that when it comes to caramel color and natural flavors, those quote unquote, you can just picture me doing air quotes right here, quote unquote, natural flavors can can, can mean a, a list there is a list of ingredients that can that that can include. So natural flavors doesn't necessarily mean it's all that particularly natural and it's and it can be chosen from a laundry list of different things that they can include in there to get the the taste or flavor that they want. Not only that, but this one cup contained 100 calories and 21 grams of sugar. 
So it's a pretty sugary drink, which isn't super surprising considering the second ingredient is sugar. So I just thought that was pretty interesting because, you know, I'm doing this podcast to help encourage people to make edibles at home because obviously the cost and then you control the dosing, but then you also control the ingredients that you're using. And even if you're making something sugary, like we're going to be talking about today, you know, you can make choices if you just want, I mean, a marshmallow is a marshmallow, but if you want to go spend a little extra money on some fancier marshmallows that may have less high fructose corn syrup, or maybe it has more of an organic cane sugar, it's uh, fair trade or something like that, you can make that decision. But you know exactly what it is that you're eating and you can adjust accordingly. It's super convenient to have these drinks and edibles, sure, but I always question what's in them. And I haven't found too many edible makers yet on the legal market in Canada, in Ontario. So I do have to narrow that down to the region that I'm in. I haven't seen too many edibles makers yet really be concerned themselves with the quality of the ingredients that they're putting in because there's a lot of questionable stuff in them. So that's just another reason to get high on your own supply, my friends. And that's why we're talking today. So why don't we get right into it now that I've had my little rant about this deep space. And I'm going to say too, it two cans after tax cost me about 17 bucks. So they're no joke. They were like seven, was it, I forget offhand, like seven ninety five a piece times two plus tax. Like that's a lot. That's pretty expensive. I can make edibles myself for probably a fraction of the cost and they're going to taste a lot better. They're going to be way stronger and I'm going to know what I'm eating. So again, I'm sure I don't have to convince all of you probably because you're you're here, the fact that you're here listening, but I'm just putting that out, out there. You guys are doing the right thing, making the right choice, but deciding to get high on your own supplies. So let's get into it. The classic Rice Krispie Square and the Stoner Bites. The Stoner Bites are a recipe that I got from Bon Appetit, one of the first cannabis cook, cook, cookbooks that I ever got. And I thought about making them again because I recently, well, this wasn't too recent, like a little while ago, got an email from Dave in Michigan, who, hi Dave, who had made stoner bites. And I thought those looked really good. He sent me a picture of them. They looked fantastic. I thought I really do need to try making these again. I'd made them a long time ago. It was, I think it was one of the first things I made when I got that book. Because who doesn't love like a tray of sugary, crunchy, salty, chocolatey bites? Like, hello, sign me up. I will eat a few of those to get high. No problem. And of course, I included the Rice Krispie Squares because if you're doing that and you're buying a bag of marshmallows because you do need marshmallows for the stoner bites, you might have excess marshmallows. And honestly, marshmallows aren't really great to keep in the cupboard for anything other than making something else with them, unless you're going to be doing some camping and making some roasting them over the fire, making s'mores or whatever. It's a pretty specific thing. And I am personally, I have a huge sweet tooth. And sometimes once something like that is open, next thing you know, I find myself on like sitting, leaning against the counter in the kitchen, eating straight from the bag of marshmallows. Uh, I'd rather just bake with them because, you know, then I get them out of there and they're also infused. So I can only eat so many damn that sweet tooth. Thanks, dad. Thanks, dad, for that. I know I got it from him for sure. I actually had my genetics tested recently and it confirmed unsurprisingly that I have a huge fucking sweet tooth. So yeah, I bet I'm better off baking with the marshmallows or doing something with them than having an open bag sitting in my cupboard when just tempting me to just eat them. Gross? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but hey, we all do it sometimes. 
So in any case, these stoner bites definitely would recommend you trying them out. I'm going to see about getting the rest of permission to share the recipe. So I'm excited about that. But a few tips and tricks. Basically, you're taking things like kettle chips, pretzels, and what was the third thing? Kettle chips and pretzels for sure. There's one other thing I can't remember that my stoner mind's not letting me remember right now. And I can see the book, but it's not within reach. But you essentially crush them all up. You crush them up and you put them in a bowl. And then you're also melting your marshmallows with your cannabis butter. Again, I think it called for cannabis butter. I use cannabis coconut oil because my daughter doesn't like butter and she's she's been living with us since the beginning of COVID. So I use coconut oil. I just always have coconut oil always on hand, whereas oftentimes I have to make, go through the process of making butter. But in any case, it works with both. So whatever you have, you can use. You melt the coconut oil or butter on, a, on the pan on the stove with the uh, marshmallows and then you're pouring that over the mixture and just crushed mixture of salty pretzels and salty chips and that other third thing that I can't remember at the moment. And then you're pressing that, you're mixing it all together and pressing it into the bottom of a tray, like a baking tray, your dish. And then your next step is to melt some chocolate on a double broiler on your stove. And there's probably a few other ingredients you're going to put in there as well. But the one suggestion that Dave gave me that was really great because the dosing in the book is fairly low. And sometimes I do like that because that means it's like instead of eating one one stoner bite, you can enjoy two or three or whatever. So, you know, that's really great. But if you want to up the dose, maybe you just want to have one a night or because you're going to be sharing them with other people or I don't know, people have all kinds of reasons why they need a more powerful dose. Maybe their tolerance is just higher than mine totally understandable. He had the fantastic suggestion of using an infused chocolate bar as part of the chocolate that you're melting on the stove. Because I do believe he used like some baker's chocolate and semi-sweet chocolate chips and he melted that on the stove. And then of course that all gets poured on the top afterwards and you let it set in the fridge. But that's another way to up the up the potency level of your stoner bites if you use an infused chocolate bar. And I thought that was a really great idea because I'd never thought about that. So you have access to some good chocolate that you might want to melt on that and add to it to increase the dosage. Go right ahead. I think it's a great idea and I appreciate the suggestion, Dave. It's something I'm going to try. He recommended, I think it was called the Kiva Bar. I'll link to that in the show notes. I'll have to look it up. He said they were recommended in the book. And I don't know if I can get those here in Canada, unfortunately. There are so many edibles I see through my Instagram page and all that stuff. Edibles makers out there who are doing amazing things. And I wish I could get my hands on some of those, but I'm not, I'm pretty sure I can't order those here in Canada because there are edibles makers out there who do care about the quality of the ingredients that they're putting in, in their products and kudos to you people out there. So in any case, you're going to pour it all over the pan, like on top of your, your mixture that you had before, and then you're going to let it set in the fridge for a little bit. It actually doesn't take that long and it's pretty pretty simple. That's a, It's a fairly simple dish to make. It's just a matter of getting all the supplies. You might have to go out and get the pretzels and some marshmallows because not everybody has marshmallows in the cupboard and that kind of thing. The other tip I would give, and Dave mentioned this as well, is when you do take it out of the fridge to cut it into your pieces, because of course it's all in one giant tray, 
let it sit for about 10 minutes because otherwise it's going to be hard as a rock and it's going to be a pain in the ass. And a lot of that, that crumbled, um, stuff that's pressed to the bottom of the tray is going to start flying everywhere. If you don't, if you try and cut it right out of the fridge and that's no good because that's the part, if you haven't used an infused chocolate bar, it's that crushed, uh, potato chip, marshmallow pretzel mix that is going to be getting you high. So you want to make sure that that's not flying everywhere. In fact, I ended up with a bowl of crumbs afterwards with, after cutting mine. So it is still a little bit messy, but honestly, I, I saved them and then I would eat a couple stoner bites in the night and then I would, you know, maybe grab a tablespoon of those too, just to add to the fun, just so they didn't go to waste because waste not want not, right? If you don't have the wherewithal to do all that stuff, then of course you can always make a classic Rice Krispie square. Oh yes, because the other thing along with the chips and the pretzels was a cornflake. So it's a very crunchy uh, base that you're putting on this thing. But maybe you're not into that and you just want to keep it even simpler. Rice Krispie squares, why not? That's a classic, easily infused and I made those too. I was sort of eating them both in conjunction for about a, a week or two. My husband loved the stoner bites, I'm going to say, and has requested that I make more, but I haven't had a chance to yet. But if you have a little less time, but you still want to make something that's super easy and you already have the marshmallows, why not make a tray of Rice Krispie squares? I'm also going to add the recipe for that on the show notes, although you could probably also get the recipe. I don't know. They still put it on the Rice Krispie squares box. I'm not really sure. I actually ended up buying like a bag of organic Rice Krispie squares or Rice Krispie cereal because, uh, I don't know. I just don't tend to buy those mainstream brands. I try and buy organic fair trade shit because I feel like I'm trying to do my little bit to help the world out in a small way. So in any case, you basically need marshmallows and Rice Krispies and your infused butter for that one. It's so simple, but it doesn't get much simpler than that. And it doesn't take long to set either. And they're really easy. Now, if you do want to get fancy, you can always make some fancy chocolate thing that you could put on the top as well for those. It'd almost be like a stoner bite with a chocolate topping if you wanted, you know, if you have the time and the incl- inclination. Um, you should certainly try that out too. And then again, if you wanted to, you could use an inf- infused chocolate or something like that too, to add that topping if you so choose. I highly recommend you try the classic Rice Krispie Stoner Bites. The nice thing about these two is because though it does require some time on the stove to melt some of the ingredients so that you can pour them, it doesn't require oven time. And it's June here. I'm pretty sure it's still going to be June when this episode comes out, but it's starting to get hot. And so if you're wanting to use your oven less, this is a great recipe to make that's going to get you high without having to heat up your house. So another plus right there. So give it a shot, you guys. Let me know what you think if you try it out. And let me know what you think if you try it out. You can always send me an email at bitemepodcast at fastmail.com. Or you can go to my website, bitemepodcast.com. And on the right hand side of the screen, there's a tab that says leave a voice message for Marge or something like that. You can click on it and you can actually send me a voice message which is kind of cool. I can even reply as a voice message. I've tried that once and that's kind of interesting. So gotta love, you gotta love the internet sometimes in technology, I have to say. So in any case, what's coming up next week, I do believe I've got something special for you guys. I have another couple of guests on my show and I'm really excited about that too. And I'm not going to say anything more. Uh, I have yet to edit it 
and make sure. So I'm hoping I'm playing around with new software and all this stuff, always trying to improve you guys because I know the audio wasn't fantastic on the last interview I did with the Ganja Mama. But these two people were great. They they took some time out of their really busy schedules to to chat with me um, over the phone, essentially, um, because they're in sunny California and I'm way up here in Ontario, Canada. But I'm pretty excited to have this episode coming out. There's going to be some fun things surrounding that as well, because these two have written a cookbook and the recipe they allow me to share with you guys is going to be amazing. And I'm excited about it. So there's that to look forward to. And I just want to say, if you want to support the show in any little way that you can, share an episode with a friend or family member that you think might enjoy it. Leave a first five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. It all helps the show become a little more discoverable to new people. And the goal is to have a community of people together trying to make the best damn edibles they can in their own kitchens. People like, just like you and me. So I hope you are making something wonderful in your kitchen today. You're staying safe. You're enjoying some sunshine. And until next week, you guys, stay high. <laughs>